with us this day. We thank you, Lord God, because we're in fellowship with the Most High God. And Father God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would just hide me behind the cross. And Father God, we pray that the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that he will come and he will speak to us on your behalf. And God, we just praise you and we honor you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Um, the book of 2 Kings chapter number 7. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 20. Uh, we're going to begin reading at verse number 3. Amen. Second Kings chapter 7 and verse number 3. The Bible says, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Hmm. Verse 5 says, And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear noise of chariots, and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel have hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come to us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the city, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, hmm. and carried this silver and gold and raiment, and went and they did what? Hid it. Hmm. A little bit of spirit of selfishness there. And came again and entered into another tent, and carried this also, and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not wail. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry to the morning light, some mischief, mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. You know we read quite a few verses, but that those are necessary for uh, the uh, background of where we're going to be coming from. But looking at verse number three, we want to see that it talks about there was four lepers. They were lepers. Uh, the title of this message is options. Options. Just remember that one word, options. It talks about these lepers. And before we can fully understand the text, we must understand what leprosy is. You see, when a person in, in, in the biblical days, when they had leprosy, what they had to do uh, they had to be examined by the priest. I, I found it interesting that that you have a condition and you do not go to a medical doctor, 
but you go to a priest. Interesting. You go to a priest. Now, if you had leprosy, what happens was that you would have to tear your clothes, you had to have your, uh, your head bare, and you had to cover your upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. Hmm. They, they, they lived in a community to themselves. They, they were not allowed to be among the other uh, people in the society. So, therefore, they were considered unclean physically and spiritually. But how many of us know that what's in, incurable with man is curable with God? Amen? Amen. So, let's travel through the scriptures. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 8. St. Matthew chapter number 8. Talking about these lepers, okay? Now, it's wonderful to know that whatever our condition may be, we can always go to God and he will never ever turn us away. Now, Matthew chapter number 8, and we're going to look at verse number 1. It says, when he, meaning Jesus, and that's the power and the wisdom of God, uh, come down from the mountain, it says, a great multitude followed him. And behold, there came a what? A leper. Hmm. And worshipped him, meaning Jesus. Saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thy canest make me clean. Let's analyze this, this particular text. Because what we see here is that here's a leopard that's considered unclean. But he found that Jesus Christ was approachable. How many people that has some type of infirmities can approach the, the body of Christ? See, he, he was so confident that he was able to approach Jesus Christ. So when he approached him, see, when it came down to, to those that had lepers, you could not even be nowhere near anybody. You, you, you couldn't have no communication. They could, you could not even touch them. They couldn't even go around them. But here it is, this man that, had, that was a leper, he found Jesus Christ to be approachable. Hmm. So what I like to say through the Holy Spirit is that no matter what your condition may be, understand that Jesus Christ is approachable. For what mankind may not be approachable, our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He is approachable. Amen? And what I love about this text is that when He goes to Christ and when Christ shows up, what He does, He immediately goes into worship. So you can be in a condition and still worship God. So he, he began to worship God because he recognized that, that Christ had the power to do the things that was needed and necessary for him. The Bible goes on to say that he worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make us clean. He acknowledged the power of Christ. You see, a lot of times we remain with different types of afflictions or infirmities because we do not understand the power of God. Because he immediately understood the power of God. He said, Christ, if you would, if you will, you can cleanse me. And so watch how Christ deals with him. And the Bible in verse number 3 says, in, in Matthew chapter number 8, verse 3 says, And Jesus put forth his hand and did what? 
watched him. He Christ won against everything that man and man's traditions had set up. You weren't supposed to touch a leper because if you taught a leper, you too became unclean. But look what Jesus did. The Bible says he put forth his hand and he touched him. Hmm. You know, it's the wonderful know that we've got a God that will go against the grain. That he will do, do the unspeakable. He will do things that man and tradition will not. So he, Christ wasn't afraid of being defiled. See, we as the body of Christ, oftentimes we become afraid of becoming defiled. But if Christ lives on the inside of us, there is no way that we can become defiled. Hmm. Christ put forth his hand and he, and he touched him saying, I will. See, when, whenever we make a request to Christ, his response is, I will. <laughs> he says, I will. He's, then he goes on and he, he pronounces something. He says, be thou clean. And then the Bible says, and immediately his leprosy was what? Cleansed. See, there is no shortness in the power of God. He, he immediately responded to the request that he had. And verse 4 says, And Jesus said unto him, See thou, tell no man. Watch this. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest. You would think he would say, he would have told him to go see the physician. But he tells him to go show himself to the priest, which let me know that this thing was spiritual. And because the root of it, it came from the root of sin. See, when, when sin is on the inside, we can see a manifestation on the outside. So this situation, the root cause of the condition was sin. Just like everything else in our life, the root cause of whatever's going on in our life, when it's manifested, it goes right back to sin. Amen? So, so he tells him, go, go sow thyself to the priest. And then he says, offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So in return, he had to do something to, to show his appreciation and his gratitude because, see, that was the law back then. Now, I want to look at about these lepers. You know, it, you, you know, so often we've heard ministers to uh, teach and preach that when they talk about these four lepers, they never identified who these lepers were. We always say a certain man, and they could be anybody. But from research, things are totally different. Now, let's go to 2 Kings chapter number 5. Then we're going to see who these lepers are and how they came about to this particular condition. 2 Kings chapter number 5. And the first thing we want to look at is verse number 1 in Second Kings chapter number 5. Because we want to deal with this leprosy. Amen? We want to deal with this leprosy. And understand how these four uh, men end up with leprosy. Okay? Remember now, we, we're still dealing with options. And you, we'll get there and you'll understand the word of God and what God is saying. Verse 1 in chapter number 5 says, Now Naaman, now the word Naaman uh, in the Hebrew means pleasantness. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. 
He was honorable because by him the who? The Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also, the Bible says, a mighty man in valor. But what was going on? But he was a what? He was a leper. He was mighty. He was a man of honor. Uh, uh, but the Lord used him to bring about deliverance. Huh. Uh, but he had a condition. Interesting. Now, if those that know the story about Naaman, Naaman, Naaman wanted to be healed. Na Naaman uh, uh, went to Elisha, and, and he wanted him to, to, to come out and, and, and speak to him and, 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 and lay hands on him so that he can be delivered from the condition that he had. And he didn't want to go, go the way God wanted to be done. So what happens is that when Elisha tells him where he needed to go and how he, he should go about doing it, he had a problem with that. He wanted to go the way he wanted to go. It's not, not like church folk that we won't, don't want to do it God's way, but we want to do it our way. But, but it takes something, someone else, and that was a servant that's, that said to him, so now, now, if he had told you some hard thing to do, you would have done that. But it was just something simple. He said, go wash in, in, in Jordan. Now, Jordan is the spiritual stream of life. So, so when, he, when he finally obeyed, whenever we walk in, the, in that spirit of obedience, things will happen for us. Now, let's look at verse number 14, okay? Because this will take us to the place what really happened. Verse 14, 2 Kings chapter number 5. Now, 14 says, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, verse 15 says, And he returned to the man of God. See, after he had, was cleansed, now he goes back to the man of God. And he says, and he and all of his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. He wanted to reward the man of God for what God had done. But look at what, what the response is and how our response should be. Now, verse number 16 says, And he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive what? No. How many of us would say no when somebody want to bring us up and bless us because, you know, God done did something in our life? You know, somebody said, Well, I want to bless you and put something in your hand. How many of us would say no I, I, and refuse it? How many of us would really refuse? We can be real, right? <laughs> we, 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 we can be real. We, 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 we really can be real. But he refused it. Why? Because that glory and honor belonged to God. It was God who did the, 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 the healing. It was God that did the deliverance. And there should be no pay that man would receive for what God has done. So it goes on to say, and he urged him to take it, but he did what? Refused. Now, Let's go down to verse number 20, okay? Understanding now, the, seeing the picture. The picture is, here is Naaman in that pleasant state. 
He refuses to receive anything from uh, Naaman because he knew it was God that had done that. But there was somebody on the sideline that was watching. Hmm. Got to be careful with them spirits. Now, verse number 20 says, But Gehazi, the servant of who? Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman, this Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Now, what do I see here? What's really going on? Now, Gehazi, that word means um, the valley of the breakthrough of a visionary. The valley of the breakthrough of a visionary. And Elisha means, it means God of riches. Now, what we see here, because he's in close observation, he decides and he began to operate in the spirit of greed and covetousness. So we have to be very careful because, see, where, where the master knew that it wasn't a time to receive that spirit of greed, said, we got to be careful about the spirit of greed in us. We got to be careful with the, the spirit of, of covetousness in us because it will cause us to do things that's contrary to the will of God. So, so he's operating in the spirit of greed. Amen? See, even, even though he's in that valley, which means a breakthrough, even though he's in that valley uh, of a breakthrough, he is not operating because what's happening, he's operating in his lower self. You see, in the valley is where you get your nutrients from. So, so in order to get that, that full breakthrough and, and get back to that mountaintop experience, you've got to be, uh, uh, receive the nutrients that's there in the valley. And yes, sometimes it takes you to a low place. But see, if, it does, if you don't go into that low place, you will never fulfill those nutrients with that your body needs or does need. Now, he, he, he begins to talk about uh, the things that, that his master had. And he, he runs after the guy that, that, that had all these goods. Now, look at verse number 21. The Bible says, So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, It's all well. Watch the picture. Watch the story. He, he stops. He knew this was not an ordinary situation. So he stops and he asks the question, Is all well? Now, verse number 22 says, And he said, All is well. Do you not know the spirit of greed and the spirit of covenants got another cousin? And the other cousin is that cousin called the spirit of lying. Because <laughs> uh, so, he really lied. You know, it, it, it took up another spirit. It was a spirit of lying. So he says, he, he turned around and he says, and he said, all is well. My master had done what? Sent me. Now, the master didn't send him. You know how, you know how it is sometimes we, we, we tell lies on God. God told me. And after a while, you know, it does show up. It showed up that God really didn't tell. You know, anybody done that? You know, you, especially when we go out and buy stuff. Thank you, brother, for being honest. You go purchase things and you said, well, the Lord told me I could have this. The Lord blessed me. And, you know, and we're quick about getting materialistic things. And the next thing we know, we can't pay the bill. 
But, but I remember God's word says uh, he gives us wealth that adds no sorrow. So, so if, it, if, if he gives us that wealth, if he blesses us and it adds no sorrow, then where, where did it really come from? Amen. Amen. We can be, we can be honest in here, right? <laughs> we can be honest. So, so, so he, he lies on the master. He says, behold, even now there he, there he be come to me from Mount Ephraim, two young men. And he makes up a story. He makes up a lie. You know, when you tell one lie, you got to make up another lie to cover that lie. Y'all, come on, y'all. Y'all know you done told some lies before. Might as well be real. You know you lie. You know you done told a lie. And in order to tell that lie, in order to keep the things real, we kind of tell another lie to cover that lie up. Amen. 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 We might as well be honest. Amen. Amen. We're not, we're not hypocrites or lies up in here. We know how we've done. Amen. You know, you know, you know. Oh, I've been had this. No, you ain't been had there. But that's a cover. That's a cover, you know. You know. Most women kind of say that anyway. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost, for that. That one was free, y'all. That, 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 that one was free. Amen. He, 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 he begins to lie. He formulates this lie. He says, uh, that comes to me from, from Mount Ephraim. Two young men are the sons of the prophets. He got to have a good story now. Good story. Good story. They, they, they came from the sons of the prophets. He says, give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. He got that lot going on real good. Master hadn't said anything. And verse 23 says, and Naaman said, be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver into bags with changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants and they bare them before him. Verse 24 says, and when he came to the tower, when he returns now, when he turns back, okay, he took them from their hands. Because see, he has some other folk with him. But see, he took them from their hands, those things that he had gotten on a false pretense. He took them from their hands and bestowed them in the house and he let the men go and they departed. See, the spirit of greed is not breaking. Now he's hiding it. It's almost like aching. You know, he, he, he gets the stuff, but he hides. You know, if God gives you something and, and it is of God, then you don't have to hide anything. Amen. But so that's when you know it's not of uh, uh, God uh, because when you've got to hide what you got, uh, something is wrong with that picture. Amen. Something's wrong. Now, Let's look at the discerning of the spirit. You see, the people of God, those who walk in, in the way of God and walk in the way of Christ and, and is filled with the spirit of God, they have that spirit of a seer. They can see. They can discern. Now look at the discernment of, of, of the master, okay? Now verse 25 says, and he went in and he stood before his master. Ain't that something? After he'd have lied, now he goes, ha, has the audacity to go stand before his master on the very one he just got through telling lie on. Yeah, you know, have your own, you know. <laughs> Come on. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, lights. Amen. Okay. He, he, he goes in, he stands before his master, and Elijah says unto him, Whence cometh thou, Gehazi? And he said, 
Thou servant went nowhere. Still lying in. You know, uh, uh, Proverbs chapter number 28, uh, verse 13, and you don't have to go here, but it says, He that covers his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. See, well, what he did here, he covered his sins, so therefore you can't prosper. See, whenever we cover our sins, though according to the word of God, we cannot prosper. But if, if we have been found in a fault, and if we're seeing, the Bible says, if we confess, it's not, just, it's not just, just confessing only, but the next thing is, you got to forsake it. In other words, you don't do it again. That's the difference now. You know, we, we, we want to say, we could, well, I've confessed my sins, but are you still doing the same thing? You see, if you come the Bible says, in order to get mercy, isn't that powerful? In order to get mercy, you've got to confess and forsake that thing. That's what the Word of God says. He says, you know, that's how you're going to obtain mercy. And then his, he, he comes to him and he says, And he said unto him, in verse number 26, Went not thine mind hard with him. You see, whenever we're walking in oneness, whenever we're walking in oneness, we can tell what's going on with another. He says, he, say, he says, and he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee when the man turned again. Isn't the power of discernment powerful? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee. Now watch what his master says. Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards Sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants. He asked him a question. Now, if I chose, as the master was saying, if I chose, when you operate in, in that state of pleasantness, if I chose not to receive, why is it that you chose to go behind my back and do something different? It's not the time. You know how it is sometimes we want to do some things and, and the Spirit of God tells us it's not time yet. It's not time. But because we want what we want, we go over what the Holy Spirit says. Now, watch what happens when we go over the Holy Spirit. And watch what happened to their exile. And this is where we find where these uh, four lepers come from. That's sitting at the gates of the city. Now, verse number 27 says, the leprosy, here, here, here comes the, 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 the proclamation uh, upon his life. It says, the leprosy therefore of Naaman, that which his master had. That's why you have to be careful. You got to be careful on this now. You got to be careful. You got to be careful now. <laughs> it says, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto who? Unto thee, his servant, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Let me tell y'all something. You got to be careful what you do. See, what he did was he found himself in a lying state in the spirit of greed and covetous. And he kept on lying. He kept on lying. He even lied to his master. You know, you can't lie to the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost knows. And when he lied and, and, and he continued, what happened was, because he, come, he would not 
confess or forsake those sins and in order to obtain mercy or receive mercy, the same thing that his master had came upon him and it just wasn't on him. It became upon his seed. In other words, it came on his children. You see, that's how dangerous it is when we say and do what we do. Because whatever affliction somebody else may have, then it, that very thing can come upon you. And then you put your own children in danger. For lepers, they're sitting there. So that's why I always tell people, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. When you, the seed that you sow, you never get back just the seed. Whatever comes out of our mouth, the Bible talks about whatever man soweth, that shall he reap. Now, if you think about it, if you ever planted anything, and even if you've seen anything planted, if you sowed just a seed, when come harvest time, you didn't just get the seed. You got the whole field. So whatever you're sowing, whether the seeds of discord, whether the seeds of strife, you won't just get that little thing you release. What happens is you get a whole field of it. That will be your harvest. That's the danger and how you operate using your mouth. It doesn't just affect you, but affect your children too. Now, let's go back to Second uh, Kings chapter number 7. Now that we understand who these four leprous men were and how they ended up in that condition. They, it, the Bible specifically let us see in, in chapter number 5 how they ended up in that condition. Now, but it's not over yet. Mm -hmm. So, so they talk about the, the, the four lepers, they, they're in a conversation. They're right there at the gate. And they say one to another, why sit we here until we die? Remember now, they've been, they've been separated from society. They, 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 they're together. Nobody deals with them. So they're in a conversation. Now, verse 4 says, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. Here comes the options. Here comes the option. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. In the city, in Canada. That's a famine. So why would you hook up with somebody that don't have? That's a famine. They're in a drought. Now how can, thank you Holy Spirit, how can one that's in a drought water somebody else that's in a drought? Can't do it. Both of you empty. Amen. If we're both empty, there's no water flowing. Okay? So, so they come to the understanding. They say, you know, if we go into the city, there's a famine there. There's a drought. That's why you have to be careful who you go to or whom you speak with. You want to make sure that the Spirit of the Lord, living God is flowing through them. Amen? You want to make sure they got some water. Amen? You want to make sure of that. Okay? Then it goes on and says, and if we sit still, option number two, if we sit still here, we die also. Now, watch this. Now, therefore, come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Now they become risk takers. They decided, well, we got to do something different. Because they understood if they remained where they were, uh, they were going to die. And if they move into another arena that, that did not have, then, then they were going to die there too. So they decide to take a risk. 
sometimes we we have to take risk amen but it's not the wrong kind of risk because i'm going to show you what happens when when we uh change our position amen now verse number five says this now this is a decision to me understanding that condition that there somebody's at a place of a crossroad decision trying to make a decision but god has your answer today Verse 5 says, And they rose up in the twilight to go into the, comp go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. What are you saying, God? God says, we need to look at some things here. First of all, in order to receive what God has for us, we have to reposition ourselves. They had to reposition themselves. Okay? So the Bible says they rose up. That means they changed their position. When they repositioned themselves, look at the timing. Twilight. It was, the, it was in the twilight when they repositioned themselves. Now, the, the word twilight, that means uh, the evening breeze, when the evening breeze prevailed. So, so... That word evening there means that when they were in their best state, they were able to make a decision and then prevail. See, whenever we reposition ourselves, things began to happen. They, they move in twilight. They, they, they move when they were in their evening state. And then your evening state is your best state in God. So when they move in that particular time frame, then things began to happen. We talked about the word camp. It says when they came into the camp. Now the camp is that sacred court. So so they find themselves when they reposition themselves in the in a sacred court. Now they said they found no man there. Whenever we move in that place of the the sacredness of God, that no man that represents the flesh is no longer there because you're operating in your best state. You're operating in your best state. But watch what has happened when we reposition ourselves. Okay? Now, verse number 6 says, For the who? For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. When we reposition ourselves, it causes movement of God. When we change from where we are and we reposition ourselves, God begins to move. That's movement. He begins to intervene on our behalf. But he doesn't use the normal. The Bible says that the enemy is powerful. The enemy heard a noise. They didn't see the noise, but they heard a noise. The noise of a chariot and horses. I said, well, God, what is this chariot? Where is these horses? And he takes me back to when, when Elijah and his servants and, and the enemy was all around them. And, and, and the servant was afraid. And Elijah prayed and he asked the Lord to open the servant's eyes. And on the mountain, he saw chariots of fire, and he saw horses. So 
what he really was, was revealed, what went into the enemy's camp was the supernatural power of God. And see, when we reposition ourselves and there's a movement by God, God sends those, my God, he sends those angelic beings to begin to fight for us. See, when we're in situations that's too difficult for us to handle, what God does, when we reposition ourselves, he will send a host of angels to scare off your enemy. Uh, that, that, that's awesome. But how many need some enemies scared off? Huh. I mean, I mean, he, he. God goes into that realm of the supernatural. And when he goes into that realm of the supernatural, then supernatural things happen. Can you imagine the enemy hearing a sound that will make them run? Just a sound, a noise. I mean, the enemy heard. It had to, I imagine in my mind, I can see Gabriel and all the archangels just showing up and, 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 and just the, the foot, their footsteps and, and, and just the, the sound of them showing up. The angels getting together. That, that host showing up on earth scares the enemy. And they took off. Watch this. Movement. Movement. When we reposition ourselves. Remember now, options. Movement. Movement. The Bible goes on and says, verse number 7. Remember now the timing. Verse 7 says, Wherefore they, meaning the enemy, they arose and fled in the twilight. Look at the timing. The, re, the repositioning was done in twilight. In the best day. When you reposition, it was done in twilight. When did the enemy flee? In the twilight. So he fleed at the very time. I hear you, Holy Spirit. He fleed at the very time that we reposition ourselves. See, is that that awesome? If we, can, if we can even understand and comprehend that whenever we do something differently, we change, we reposition where we are, that the enemy at that very time, he changes himself. He takes off. Twilight. Timing. He's afraid. He hears those, 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 those angelic beings. Now, verse 7 goes and says, Wherefore, they arose, the enemy, and then they fled, enemy on the run, in the twilight, and watch what happens, and left their tents, their horses, their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. They left everything intact. When we reposition ourselves, the enemy leaves whatever that they have gathered. You know where they got that stuff from? They have us. The enemy has our goods. You remember the scripture says, uh, uh, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So it's really, it was really their, their stuff that they were really receiving. So, so, so the enemy, the enemy, the, the enemy at this particular time, they, they have fled and they have fled for their life. Now verse number 8 says, and when, watch this, and when these leopards came to the utmost part of the camp, that's that sacred court, it says they went into one tent, now, he's talking about one. You know, the scripture says God will pour us out a, bless, a blessing that we don't have room enough to receive if we follow what that word says. Now, it talks about they came into one tent and did eat and drink. You got to understand that. There's a famine going on. They did eat and drink and carried away this. They took silver, gold, ramets, and what did they do? 
What would we do if God bless us tremendously? Some of us would share, and some of us would become selfish. You know why they were selfish? Because the way they had been treated. See, they were outcasts. So when they began to get everything that, that they had not had or deprived of, the first thing they did is to go take it and hide. Oh, I'm going to put this up. I'm going to say this for a later date. Mm. So, so, so they hides it. But look at the blessing. This was just one blessing, one tenth, just one. Then they, they go and they hide it. And then they said, the Bible said, and they came again. Then they entered into another tent. They had so much. You see what happens when we reposition ourselves in God? How the blessings will flow. I mean, they go again into a, to another tent. And they said, when they entered into another tent and carried this also and went and did what? They hid it again. This is mine. I'm not sharing with anybody. This is mine. I work for this. This is mine. They, but watch what happens here. When, when the spirit of uh, 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 revelation comes upon them. The spirit of revelation comes. So the Bible says they take it twice. They, they hide. They, they, they hide what the blessing, what God has for them. Now look at verse number 9. And, and we're about finished. Verse number 9 says, Then they said one to another. Now they're back in communication. Because I'm quite sure by the time they was, when they was gathering all that stuff, they wasn't talking to one another. <laughs> they, they, were doing, they were gathering as much as they could get for themselves, and then they were hiding. But now they have entered into conversation. Watch what happens in verse number 9. It says, Then they said one to another, We do not well. They get a revelation. They get a revelation. Then what's the revelation? You don't do bad to someone because you've been done bad to. They get a revelation. They, they get a revelation. They said, we don't do it. This is not well. We don't do well. They get that revelation that we need to help somebody else. We, we need to bless somebody else. We need to be there for somebody else. So they get this revelation. And the Bible goes on and says, we do not well this day. That that's which is required, is a day of what? Good tithing. It's a time of celebration. And there's a whole city over there that's in, uh, uh, in famine, and here we are, we're celebrating. We, got, we found this. God has moved on our behalf, and now what we've been doing, we've been hiding it. We don't want to share, but then it comes, and there comes a revelation, and that revelation is, no, no, we can't do this like this. We got to help. We got to go back and those same people that, that would not give us anything that had us as an outcast, then we've got to go back and share what we found. Now look, look what they did. Uh, the Bible goes on and says, um, then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. How many people, you know, when God tremendously blessed them, we kind of Hold our peace because we won't nobody know we got little Jack. Come on, be real, y'all. You know, when we got little Jack, you know, <laughs> we won't tell nobody because we know we know cousins and aunts and everybody else gonna show up at your door. You know, <laughs> and I heard somebody say, and they will. <laughs> but 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 <laughs> according to the scripture now, now according to the scriptures, they said uh, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light. 
some mischief. And they weren't stupid now. They knew they were leftists. They knew they had a condition. They knew that, that, that they weren't supposed to be where they were. Okay? Now, it goes on to say, if we tarry to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us now. Therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. If you continue to read the story, what happens is they go back and they begin to tell the same people that's in that famine all the things that they had found. But isn't it not interesting when we try to, when you try to show or tell somebody the way to go, they won't believe you? They won't believe you. But then you have to continue to reemphasize, yeah, this is real. So they goes out and they investigate and they find it to be true. So so I'm like, okay, God, what if what is the, the thought to, to be left today to the body of Christ uh, in regards of options? God says, whatever condition you're in, whatever crossroad that you are at, that that when we reposition ourselves, see a lot of times we keep on doing the same old thing. And get the same results. But see, God said, if you reposition yourself, God said, I can move for you. I, 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 I can begin to make things happen on your, on your behalf. So he says, we've got to reposition. We've got to think things again. We've got to think things through. We've got to see something different. We've got to do something different. So God himself can work for us. He will work for us. Those angelic beings, they will show up. At our doorstep and fight for our behalf. They will fight for us. So we got some options. We can either continue to do what we do in many areas of our life. I'm, oh, I heard this word. Do I need to say it, Lord? I mean, broke folks we got don't have enough. And we keep on doing the same old thing. Keep on doing the same old thing. Same old, same old thing. And expect different results. You know what God is saying to us? Reposition yourself. Do something different. Don't do the same thing over and over and over and still end in the same hole. Reposition. Because when we reposition ourselves and take on the mind of Christ, then the Holy Spirit will begin to move. God will move on our behalf. And he will, he will begin to, that very enemy that's eating up, that's consuming what God has given us. Then when we reposition ourselves, what happens is God at that point will cause that enemy to flee. Amen. He will cause that enemy to flee. But it will never happen if we don't reposition ourselves. So the option is we can either keep on doing the same old thing or we can take a risk. And do something different. And if you take a risk and do something different, I guarantee you the same thing that happened here will happen for you and it will happen for me. Now, y'all, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 We, we honor God for his word. We honor him for his word. Honor him. Honor him. Let me um, I want to share something. And I want you to think. Um, within your own minds. We have some dear friends of ours. And they are in need of $350,000 on a debt that's over $1 million. 
the call came, the request came to assist them, or else there will be a foreclosure. Many times we've spoken to these people and said, you got to do something different. You got to do something different. When they had it, they splurged. Now, God has put them in a position where that debt that they that's due and that is owed to the bank, over $1 million plus, it can be forgiven if they pay $350,000 by the first of the year. And I said to them, I believe God. I believe God's going to do it for you. But this is the word of advice I got to give you. When that debt is paid, when it's over with and done, don't go back and do the same thing that you did before. Don't begin to celebrate because you're going to be debt free. You got to understand how you ended up in that mess. And then you got to reposition yourself and do something different. I promised them that we would pray. And I believe God. I believe God. God's going to do it. I believe God's going to do it. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't know. The, I know it's the Holy Spirit. Because I, in my in my mortal mind of flesh, I couldn't see it happening by the time. I know what came out of my mouth was, I believe God's going to do it by Thanksgiving. And they just learned a few weeks ago, they had to have $350,000. So I believe God's going to do it by Thanksgiving. And they said to me, there is no way that you could have known what you said. Because they said, I shared with some people that I believe God was going to have this debt paid off by thanksgiving. And I said, yeah, it had to be the Holy Spirit. Because if you shared it with other people before it ever came to me, and we're all in unison saying it's going to be done by thanksgiving, then I know it's God. That only gives them a couple of months before thanksgiving to have that $350,000. You know that it's going to be. And you know what? I'm going to be a partaker in heaven. You know why? Because, see, the thing is, you never know when you're going to need somebody. You don't never know what's going to lie at your doorstep. So I said to God, God, you, 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 you make it. You make it the way of what you want us to do. I talked to Dr. Manning, and he said, this is what we're going to do. We were walking in agreement. One time they were there for us. We're going to be there for them. We're going to be there for them. We're going to be there for them. In fact, the very podium I'm standing behind came from them. Chairs that we have behind us came from them. At no cost. At no cost. You never forget where you come from. Never forget where you come from. So I say to you to, to lift them up and forth. Uh, as they go and try to accomplish that which God is going to do, they've got to go for and put forth the effort. But as I said, tell them you've got to do something different. Become good students. Just like everybody else, just like all of us, we need some attention to our stewardship. Mm -hmm. How we handle what we handle. Amen. 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 Okay.
I know the children have come. I need somebody to get to sustain this case because I know they want to to review. Uh, they're going to review and then we're going to give it to you. How many people want CDs? I need. I always ask that, so I need to. I need to ask that question. How many people want, want CDs? All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Terry Deacon, I, I counted eight. Might. Okay, nine, nine, nine. Please, ma'am, and please, sir, make sure that we stay and, and get your CD, okay? Take it, listening to it, and remember that do something different. Can't keep doing the same thing and get the same result. Won't work. Reposition yourself. Get some options, amen. Amen. Uh, Duncan, Angie, I know you all had the youth. Uh, they're going to review. You're going to share some things. The youth going to, they're going to review. David seems to be excited. David seems to be excited. 
And that is true. A lot of times I'm too know more about what's going on in the world than we know about what's in the book. And this is what's going to get them from at point A to point B, from heaven to eternity or places in this earth. So we just praise God for that. Amen. Are the young, young people are ready to share. They've done fantastic. The young people, we, we thank and praise God for them. <laughs> Amen. Is that not a way of a means of evangelism? A means of evangelism. They've written invitations out, and uh, they're inviting. They're going to invite others, and um, they've given the address to the church. They're going to invite others to come. You know what? And I think that's something we as adults need to do too. Amen. 
invite others to come. Amen. As, as the children set an example, we want to make sure we do the same as well. We want to 